Did you know designers never retire? Apparently they just die. <laughs> Either did I, but on this month's episode of Tower After Hours, we spoke about dream retirement jobs for designers um, and the best and worst web design trends of recent history. We dove into things like user experience, user psychology, and even talked about what superhero we'd most like to be. It was a super fun conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we dive in, whatever platform you're listening to this on, be sure to press that like button, press subscribe, maybe even shoot a comment our way. We always love to hear from you. We love the interaction. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Welcome back to Tower After Hours, everyone. I am your host, uh, your new host, actually, filling in for Haley from time to time, Danny. Um, today, we're going to talk about the best and worst web design trends of relatively recent history. Um, I am not alone, though, as I am joined by um, the one man who truly makes this podcast and all of our jobs possible, our CEO and creative director, Mike Mattis. Mike, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing really good. Now I feel like all honored and things. So. <laughs> yeah, no I mean, How do I follow on. that? I, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I meant every word. And I'm reading our titles from our website. So I hope to God they are correct. Um, also coming at us um, from the great state of New Jersey, we have Ali Landino, who is one of our designers. Hi. And um, we couldn't chat uh, design here at Tower without our art director, Kimmick. David Kimmick. Uh, how are you doing, Kimmick? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well yourself. I had to say the last name first because it's weird if I just dive in with David. You know, you know, we were in like a separate meeting today and people kept calling me David because, you know, they don't work with me. And it was just the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world. So, yes, I do go by Kimmick. So don't be put <laughs> off if you're like, who, who's this Kimmick person? <laughs> or Doctor Strange if you're going on or Doctor that Strange. meeting that we had today. <laughs> they, had us all pick, they all had us pick uh, superheroes that we wanted to be or thought we were. So, yeah, and you I were Doctor Strange, Kimmy. Oh, no, of course, oh, yeah. of course. Allie, what would you be? Which, if you if you had to pick, Spider Man. That's a good. One. Mm, yeah. I just feel like Superman or Batman, right? Superman because it's like not fair if you're him and he's just so great. Unless there's Kryptonite around, but Batman's cool. I feel like that's such a min max. Like I either want to be like a dude who's rich <laughs> or God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, there'd probably be a lot to talk about, maybe like design with uh, like Batman's whole getup and everything, but mm. we'll save it for a later time. Um, Mike, uh, just diving right in, if you could give us a little bit uh, just of your background and experience with web design, um, maybe even a little bit of how you got into it, and then we can roll right into chatting about your favorite and least favorite web designs, things you love, things you hate, but just start a little bit uh, with uh, basically your experience with it. So, I mean, I actually went to school for, for graphic design. Um, this was before web design was even really a thing, and I am dating myself, and I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but I was originally going to be an architect, and they had these things called weed-out classes, which I'm sure everybody is aware of, and where 80 people fill into a room one day that only has about 30 desks. So you're wondering, it's like, how is this going to work all year? Well, that's how a weed-out class works. There's only about 15 people in that class by the end. So calculus kind of killed me from being um, an architect, <laughs> killed that dream pretty fast. 
Um, but luckily I had um, all kind of graphic design classes and thought I was just well suited for that. So um, it's kind of the basis for where, you know, my graphic design and web design kind of came from. But, um, you know, when I came out of college, we were all um, so new to it. It's, there was no teachers. There was no nothing. You went to you went to Borders or Barnes and Noble and you bought a book and that's pretty much how you did it. Um, the clients didn't know anything. The, um, the owners of my agency that I worked at didn't know anything. It was like we had to figure it out or nobody, you know, did any website design. So um, that's kind of how it all kind of took form. Um, we were doing it, you know, websites really put um, Tower kind of on the map back in, you know, 97. Um, you know, and then fast forward to 2006 when I became CEO. So I've been CEO for, let me see if I could do math. And see, designers <laughs> should never do math. So that's, that's the other thing. Like I said, calculus killed it, but yep. so did basic arithmetic. Um, so for about 15 years, I've been CEO, um, seen a lot of trends. So when this thing came up, I was like, ooh, all kinds of things to talk about. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, well, I mean, all those things to talk about. Let's dive right in. So uh, we can stick. Uh, I mean, again, you've been in the game quite a quite a while, like you said, and done a lot of things. But maybe uh, you can take it from really where you want. But even thinking maybe the last decade or so, what are some of your least favorite uh, web design trends? What are some of your favorite things you think are great? Things you think are just horrible? Um, maybe just uh, let's dive right in and see what you. So got. I kind of took a peek at Kimmick's list. So I tried and wanted to stay away from <laughs> anything that was um, redundant because basically I could probably could have took his list, you know, verbatim and just be like, yeah, this is this is all the worst and the best. <laughs> We're on but the same page. <laughs> I think one thing I really wanted to talk about was just, um, you know, early on they didn't always have the logo in the upper left hand corner and just straight navigation across the top. I mean. Um, you know, early on, I would say in the early 2000s, um, you know, Flash websites, you know, they were a thing. And God. with Flash, you could stick navigation anywhere. And I saw one of like the, you know, in a trend article that I just read recently that um, people are trying to break away from that. The problem is it's become such a convention now that you really can't. So... You could, you know, if you don't want to, you know, necessarily hurt your audience, but, you know, it, it has gotten boring. It's just like, all right, we're going to start another website design. Okay, logo in the top left, put our navigation across, the, you know, the top, and, you know, we're kind of done. Um, and it's just one of those things where I wish it wouldn't, you know, websites have just become like, uh, like a tool, you know, it's like a phone book, you know, you know how to use it and that's it. But conventions have just made websites almost kind of boring now. So I almost, you know, relish in the days of old when you can pretty much do anything where websites were almost like presentations, you know, and you could pretty much do anything and they were more artistic. Um, so, but I get it, you know, it just, uh, they have to be what they have to be so people know how to use them because we tried doing something real clever, um, back in like 2003 with our website where we had where we had these fans that would if, if you're looking at your screen the navigation would be you know here you would click here and the whole thing would slide across and then you'd have another button and then it would slide across well we got people that were just complaining it's just like i don't know how to use your website and this is terrible and this is this was even before ui ux was even a thing it's like i don't know how to use your website why why do you have to make the navigation so hard so 
on the next website, we just pretty much, you know, uh, bagged it and put the logo on the left and the navigation across the right. So it's one of those things where you want to do it, but as a designer, you're kind of conflicted. Do you leave your audience behind or you kind of keep on going? Interesting um, with that because I feel like that sort of falls in line. If you think about like a car, no matter what car you get into, you know where to put the key if it even needs a key. Um, you know where right. the speedometer is. You know where the gas tank meter is. You know where everything is because cars are all designed. There's certain things that become ingrained and required. And I kind of wonder if that is what has happened to site navigation. Is like it needs to be at the top. It needs to be across the top. It needs to be at least somewhere there. Um, and it's interesting because that doesn't mean that you can't break it and make it better. But it definitely means that the next idea to change it has to be a hell of a good idea. And it has it's to like be pretty intuitive to navigation too. anymore. What's that? Ahead, What's Allie. that, Ellie? I said it has to be still pretty intuitive. You know, like it can't just be all of a sudden on the bottom. Like it needs to be somewhere <laughs> similar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been. I feel like I've been on like sites before where it's really cool, but it's almost like half of the game is like, all right, I got to figure out how to use this thing. Right. And then, which is like great. Cause I mean, there's no shortage of like uh, parallels you can draw, I think, but like you can kind of talk of it. Like there's, there's uh, music that's designed for musicians or written for musicians where it's like the, the progressions are uh, rather unique or complicated. And there's something interesting like that, but like your average listeners kind of like, I kind of feel lost and I can't dive in. So it, it really, and then things can become formulaic, right? And then people's critique is like, oh, it's the same four chords over and over again. I don't like pop music. But like, Kimmick, to your point, there is something to, well, it, it, you can, things can become stale. But like, I think to like knock something off its pedestal, you have to have something really good replace it. Not just mm -hmm. like Ali was saying, we'll just throw the logo at the bottom or like throw the design <laughs> navigation at the bottom or something like it has to... You could, I guess that's the kind of the, the interesting part of design there and is going, okay, how can I break the rules a little bit, but still keep it uh, rather intuitive and something that, that is useful and a tool for people, but that is beautiful and that is a presentation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the other, and to kind of, to kind of use up the rest of my time here, um, I'm just going to focus on the, the other worst one. The, the worst ones are just funner than the <laughs> always true I'm good, it's a good thing I don't write all the copy here at Tower um, I guess it was like maybe a, a year or two years ago you started seeing people starting to um, experiment with the bright blue um, color the 00255 you know like the solid blue you know RGB value mm -hmm. where they're just like um, they either do a site completely in it or do duotones in it, or those, and it was just everywhere for like, it had to be like four or five months where that's all you would see was people were just getting tired of, I guess, color, you know, or black and white. So they just started drilling into these um, just awful blue websites, and that's all they were, were blue. Um, I have a whole list of them. I, I, can, I can put them on... Uh, put them yeah. on slack for you guys but it's it was there was almost uh there was a block a blog that actually showed like all of them that was kind of you know showing up and then people started going off on the tangents but they're like oh we're gonna try all red you know the, the all green might be odd because that green was so harsh that it would just hurt the eyes but the blue was so bad um and 
that was one I just couldn't stand. I'm like, I can't see that, you know, that was like a typical trend where it was like, it was hot for like two months and then it just fell right off because like, mm, we really don't like that. Mm-hmm. And for our non-visually inclined uh, listeners, think like Microsoft Paint default blue, like that, like <laughs> right. electric nuclear burns into blue. your eyes. It's like people just fell in love with it, and, and it's funny now that we know that like blue light is like one of the worst things for your eyes. I wonder if that's yeah, where right. they did it because they could like catch your attention. <laughs> yeah, I still. Yeah, I mean that's a great point because I still feel like I see blue websites pop up all the time. I was actually having a conversation uh with somebody about that this past week i wonder if there's is, is this like color psychology to that or something the blue but you're right i mean it would, it's it's still there but the that's maybe the best way to describe it that default paint blue is mm-hmm. it's something else <laughs> yeah there's a ton of psychology related to colors <laughs> and fonts like just in general like mm-hmm. design is like pretty tied into psychology hmm. do you do you like so real quick tangent we won't be too long but when you are designing something so when you're choosing color or you're choosing fonts that sort of thing is that something that's conscious in your mind like based on what you know of the audience you're designing for like that client or that client's audience or is that something maybe you could like come back to or it's just sort of subconscious but like that whole like the psychology of fonts or, or colors like have you guys uh, consciously use that in your work? Um, or is it just something maybe that is like more natural at this point? Uh, I think it's definitely, I mean, that's one of the hardest stages, um, yeah. especially when we get into brand work is like, what is this color story? Um, like we were dealing more with something with a uh, client that was more like down to earth, uh, works with, you know, construction people, you know, maybe a little bit rural, but they still go into the city. So like, we were like, well, let's go with this hunter green and this hunter orange. Um, like subconsciously, they connect with that already. It's a color they recognize. I won't drop any client names, but I think you guys know which one I'm talking about. Um, and it, it's definitely something that you do. I think as you continue on, and Maddox, you could probably speak better to this. As you grow as a designer, you start to do it subconsciously, but it is still something that you sit down and you're like, okay, this company does this. What color best represents that theme? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like that, it's so we- interesting be- Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, we're like when we were doing the law firm branding that, mm-hmm. you know, every law firm out there seems to be deep red, navy blue. And like, in a way you can break out of that. Like we did, we did like a deeper green, but it's not far off from the general feel of the original colors that people typically associate with yeah. law firms. It's so interesting because like obviously my role here at our content marketing specialists do a lot of writing and it's like that's obviously a purposeful thing for us, right? Like what's this client's voice? What are their tone? How can we channel that with like how we're writing the copy? And I guess I know obviously that like that that sort of mentality is in each aspect of an agency, but the different way it plays out and in this case design is pretty cool and it's not something that like I necessarily think of. So that's actually good stuff. Um, <clears throat> Allie. Let's bring it over to you. Um, if you could just give us a quick rundown on your experience uh, in the design world, uh, maybe a little bit of how you got into it, and then we can seg into your uh, favorites and least favorites. Uh, I mean, my experience is the most limited out of this entire group because um, <laughs> I only have about three years' experience. But uh, I originally started just by going to 
university for communication design and while I was there I had three concentrations which were advertising design, graphic design, and web design um, and a minor in art history because I just was like fascinated with how history just continually repeats itself and affects design and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then my first job I was working mostly on augmented reality and websites and stuff like that and video game design actually and then you know Mattis kind of scooped me up and said come come make websites because I my real passion was doing websites like that was I wanted to do more websites I didn't really want to do as many video games it just wasn't an industry that I was super passionate about so yeah that's my experience (laughs) that's super interesting that's cool I did not know that um, all right. Well, then let's roll into uh, what do you love and what do you hate? But, uh, you know, what are your uh, best and worst uh, web design trends in your opinion? Oh, my God. I One thing that I genuinely hate is paywalls or anything where you need an account to view content. Yeah. I just I think 100%. like if I'm able to get access to the link to it and access the page, why can I not view the information on it? I get why, like they wanna make money, they wanna get emails, they wanna send emails to people, but I just still think that it can get really annoying, especially when they let you read like four paragraphs and then all of a sudden they're like, sign up for $5 a month or something. And then it's like, oh, now I gotta go Google this article and see if I can find it somewhere else and find the real story on it somewhere else. And I just, I hate that and pop-ups like specifically. There's some really good ways to do pop-ups, but most people don't do them right and they do them too often um like i know on a lot of clothing websites or anything retail specifically every page you open it seems like there's a pop-up coming up and it's just right. a lot of extra mm-hmm. clicking yeah. and then it says it says get your 15 percent um off coupon and then the only way to x out of it it says i don't want that coupon which is so like harsh Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yes. so passive aggressive when it's like it I don't want to save money or I saw one I can't remember the yeah. brand but it was literally like I have enough money and I don't need savings and it's like whoa I just don't want your yeah. coupon <laughs> yeah I mean that's like a whole thing for psychology my email every day that's like a whole psychological yeah, the- thing right there is like the way that you write the copy and design that pop-up can mm-hmm. force people into feeling guilty about not doing something and I, yeah, I, I just I don't like that, that- no, exactly. And I'm like, uh, the, the intention there, obviously, like you're saying, like, they, how can we write it in a way that gets them to fill it out? But the issue with the way, because I've been on ones exactly like that, where I forget what it was, but there was one that was like, specifically like, no, I don't want to save money. And it's like, okay, who doesn't really want to save money? And like, the issue with that, then is like the brand trust there, or like how you view the brand, mm-hmm. it's just automatically going down. Yep. And maybe depending on the company or like, whatever it is, they're not as concerned about it. But especially for certain businesses, and I would say like the kind of clients we're working with or the kind of clients a lot of agencies are working with that's not something you'd want to do because it, it mean it's just not a good look i think like very mm-hmm. basically put yeah you lose brand respect and you're more likely to lose them as a client or a customer or anything like that really i know sometimes if i get so many pop-ups i'll just be like i'm not gonna shop here like i'm over it like i'll just go somewhere mm-hmm. else like and that's like the opposite mm-hmm. of what they want to happen you know yeah yeah you don't want to frustrate your potential customer you don't want to try to frustrate them into doing something because more often than not they're just gonna be like new website i'm exiting out it's a frustrated click i was on a page the other day it was like a clothing site 
And I had walked away from my computer for all of 10 minutes to go do something. And I had already gotten a pop-up and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna walk away and go do this other thing real fast and I'll come back. And by the time I had come back, there was a second pop-up on top of the pop-up. And I was oh like, gosh. what? Like you gave me, and they were different. They weren't the same. They were like Whoa. completely different. And I just kind of like stared at it. And I was like, I just had to like exit out of multiple pop-ups to get back Did to you wait to it, see if there was a third? No, I was so over it. I clicked out of the whole website. I was like, we're done now. We're done here. Like, <laughs> you gave me two pop-ups. Don't you, love when, don't you love when you're on a site and then all of a sudden you get an email from them? I mean, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff. I've had that happen. Or like when you're just like perusing through and you get a targeted ad on Facebook and then you go through mm-hmm. on another site and there's another targeted ad and there's another one. You know, I have used targeted ads to my advantage where it was just recently, um, I need to like buy a new bed frame and I haven't bought a bed frame in forever. So I just started Googling bed frames, bed frames, bed frames, just clicking on anything and then, like, waiting for the ads to show up to show me my options. Yeah. How amazing is that as nice. a marketer to just, like, completely game the system? Right. Like, I, like, I know, know what's going to happen. What do you got for me? Well, I've been doing a lot of home <laughs> reno stuff, so I'll be looking for furniture and things. And then I'll be like, all right, eventually Facebook will tell me what I need. Like, it'll come up exactly. eventually. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but I actually heard of where, like, websites like Facebook will know that say like a woman is pregnant before she's actually aware she is because she'll start looking up things online that are happening like symptoms right and then the internet will compile that and say these are symptoms of pregnancy here's baby cribs here's baby bottles and like there is a whole study now out on like how the internet can like predict things in your life basically just based on things that you're progressively doing and then like this woman was like i like facebook knew before i even could tell and I was like, that's crazy. Like, that's absolutely crazy how those algorithms can work. It knows. I don't like it just it. reminds me of that, like, episode from The Office where, like, a GPS takes him to, like, the pond, right, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it knows. It can't, you know? I'm like, that's how I feel when I'm on the internet. Uh, that's, well, okay, Kimmick, um, let's bring it over to you a little bit. Uh, if you could give us a, a brief background of your experience in design uh, and as our art director, um, how you gonna got into to your uh, design life? Sure, yeah, I'm sort of the uh, middle child here, so I've been here not the least, but also not the most. Um, but I have about nine years of experience. Um, similar to Mattis, actually, in high school, I was all set to become an architect as well. And then when I found really? out you need to, like, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, I feel like it's a common thing that happens, to be honest. Um, but as soon as I found out that you needed to, like, calculate the amount of nails in this structure and that you didn't get to be that cool designer who crumples up a piece of paper and says, that's yeah. the building, until you're, like, in your 60s, I was like, mm, you know what? No. Um, I, I think there's a big thing. This is a completely different tangent. Um, but there's, like, a big thing where I think the allure of being an architect is very different than what being an architect is. Um, That's got to be true because I have kind of felt the allure to be an architect with zero idea of really what it entails. But I feel like it's I maybe blame, a thing. I blame Ted Christopher Nolan because oh. Christopher yeah. Nolan makes architects seem really cool. <laughs> In all of his movies, there's always either someone called an architect or there just is legitimately an architect there. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, I want to be in a Nolan movie. Anyway, see, look, we're back on Batman. Anyway. You uh, wear, like, a cool blazer or something. Yeah, and right. then you, like, crumple up the paper, like you said. But there's You have expensive pens. And, like, Where was the architect in Batman? 
Uh, not in Batman, but um, in uh, Inception. I know that was a big one because that was a big four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie, like, Now yeah. that guy was cool. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I feel job. like there, was, there had to have been at least architectural models and stuff in Batman because Christopher Nolan loves architecture and stuff like that. But um, when you realize you don't get the design skyscrapers, you're designing people's pool sheds. Um, until you become real famous and then maybe you get to do a skyscraper and it's like, oh, what else is there? Um, so I, I, I ended up going to school for uh, graphic design, uh, fell in love with it instantly. It was sort of that like desire to have, to create little stories visually and like have this like little ecosystem um, that you kind of just build. Um, I just, I just love that aspect of it. Um, and then obviously I kind of came into the workforce right when like, the oh my gosh the internet's amazing um because i started right around right around 2012 ish um so right after that like the internet's amazing what can we do with it to when it became more of a marketing tool and it was like right at the point where it had reached its maturity and now people were really utilizing it um so i sort of saw that you know obviously in school and growing up as a kid um the internet was just this fun playground and then jumping into the market and being like no this is how everything is going to be done in the future mm. um so that's sort of my perspective into it, um, sort of just as it's matured and sort of where it is now. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, all right. Well, I think you probably know the the deal uh, as of now. But what are some of your uh, favorite and least favorite web design trends? Pick them apart. Have no mercy, Kimmy. So, so I would say the worst right now, and this kind of leads into what Ali was talking about, is the idea of hijacking. Um, these are the websites that scroll for you, the websites that play sound when you go onto them, the ones that autoplay a video that's somehow 10 times louder than you knew your speakers could go. Yeah. Um, it even kind of goes into like the pop-ups, um, subscribe to read, things like that. Um, the like hidden X's where you'll get an ad and the X will be over the darkest part of the photo and they do that on purpose. Um, and it goes into this idea, this concept of, it's called gray UI. It's not quite black hat, it's not quite white hat, it's not good or bad, it's gray. Um, a great example of this that everybody probably experiences is when you're watching a YouTube video and the your video will play in one, two, three, like it has that. Yep. That button, that tab that's not a button is bigger than the actual skip button. It scales <laughs> down slightly. And they do that intentionally so if you hover your mouse over it, you have to interact with it again. Um, or you might miss it and then another ad plays. Um, it's just this whole concept of trying to cheat people, trying to like, oh, we can get them to do this, we can get them to do that. Because you're not, it's not meaningful. People are mad, they're angry, they're not interacting with it well. Um, yes, on paper, on stats, it's like, well, we had more watch hours than we've ever had on our ads. And it's like, well, yeah, you made them unskippable and you hit the X button. Um, so like, that's my biggest issue is these people trying to go in and like sort of abuse the quirks of being online, the quirks of using a computer, the quirks of using you know, an actual like interaction point um, and taking that to advantage to kind of inflate in certain statistics and certain things to their gain. Mm -hmm. um, that's my biggest pet peeve. So what about cursor jacking? I don't like that, I don't like that. I don't like anything where I am not in complete control. Um, you can change my cursor, so if I highlight something and now it's a circle, that's cool, that's a cool little feature. But I don't want to like scroll down and then my cursor moves for me. Like no, that's mm -hmm. like this like that sacred boundary. Like no, that my cursor is me in my computer. <laughs> this mm. is my hand. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, scroll jacking is like my ultimate. Oh my pet gosh! Peeve. Yeah, no, just no. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're kind of blowing my mind a little bit with that YouTube thing because I <laughs> was laughing with other people in the office that I don't uh, really use Spotify, just exclusively use YouTube for everything because mm. mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm like 100 really? years old. But, um, <laughs> but uh, the, so I'm very familiar with that, that, you know, your video will play. The fact that somebody is... I don't know, just thinking to make it smaller than like when four, like the skip. Four pixels, four pixels smaller. That's all it is. But it's enough that yeah. enough people will miss it and then another ad plays. It's so like, I don't know if nefarious is the right word, but like, you know what I mean? It just feels like, uh, well, you said it kind of like it, it feels a little bit maybe like you're abusing somebody's control yes. or like their journey on the internet and like what they're doing, mm-hmm. which especially if you're somebody who has like, been using the internet from like I don't know, like the Wild West days, or like what you mm-hmm. were saying when like the internet was a kind of I don't know this world that we're exploring. Like this is a br- this is a brand new like really crazy thing, and then it just developing more and more, and people having to utilize it for certain things. But the fact that there's like somebody or a team, or just that the idea is there that you like you said you would make it like four pixels smaller. That just like yeah. blows my mind that right. somebody somebody's thinking that. I, it's, I don't like I totally believe it, but I'm like wow that's such such genius used in a, uh, an interesting manner yeah um and then sort of on the other side of that like I, I definitely think web has matured a lot um it's it's there's a lot of things i see that are trending right now that are making it a little bit more humanistic um think what you want about google they're very good at making their brand feel more human they're not coming at you from that cool technological standpoint uh, but it's just sort of this like humanistic approach that's sort of happening um, it's kind of doing a couple things. I think one of the things I called out was like this push towards warmer colors to kind of piggyback off of Madison, that electric blue, uh, this mm. warmer palette that you see more often where it's like, it's not a white background, it's a tan background or even just an off gray. It just feels better. It feels more inviting, less like you're looking at a spreadsheet, um, even though spreadsheets are the best. Um, and then, um, you know, this, this is sort of overall consideration and emphasis on mobile as well. Um, this is something that we at Tower are even doing, um, this sort of mobile adjacent design where if you'll recall, Ali, you might not remember this, um, Maddox, you'll definitely remember this. You used to have a mobile version of your website mm-hmm. and a desktop version and they were that yeah. de- different code. You had to update one and update the other. Yeah, we um, call them M dots yeah, because it would be M dot and then the, the, um, the URL. Right. And so like M dot jcpenny.com. Right. And then, like, as soon as, um, like, Apple kind of pushed the envelope by making your phone just a screen, it's like, we can't do that anymore. Um, so, like, this whole move towards responsive design as well has just been great. Um, I think it's kind of, it's funny because I think mobile design is sort of where design was 10 years ago for web design and that it's still in its infancy and there's still things trying to be figured out. Um, and like, where is that middle ground? Do you design just for mobile? Do you design just for desktop? Do you meet in the middle? Um, but I think it's definitely going in a good direction. And like some mobile experiences, there's some websites that I use, I won't use the desktop version. Like I will not go to the, cause like, yeah. it's just, I like it better on my phone. Agreed, um, I feel the same way. I think actually Reddit is a great example of that as much as people hate the Reddit app and various things like that. But Reddit in browser on my phone, I like better than on a desktop. Um, <laughs> And I think it's one of those things that could be interesting because it's like, it's so different because it's literally like in, on your laptop, you're at 16 by nine, so you're your standard ratio, but it's not that your phone is 18 by 
four, that's an improper fraction, but whatever, 18 by four, it's like, no, it's flipped. It's nine by 16. Um, so it's literally like the exact opposite of what you're used to. And it's just so interesting to see how we've adapted. Um, and it's uh, one of my, and Ali, you might have something to say on this, is one of my favorite parts is translating designs to mobile. It's fun to see how that puzzle piece, how that thing works. Um, and then also to drive our developers crazy and do something I don't, ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how you think about it when you're designing your desktop stuff. But, like, when I was in college, they taught designers how to code. So, like, they actually mm-hmm. made us learn how to code our websites. And when we wanted Same. to submit our websites, we had to submit the coded version, not the actual design. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm designing stuff for desktop, the whole time I'm like, okay, is this going to make sense in code? when it transitions and when it scales and like is the order that I'm putting things in in mobile gonna make sense or be really easy for developers to do because like you know you can reorder things when you stack them but is Mm -hmm. it the right way to reorder them or is this like gonna really screw up the code and make it kind of glitchy like that kind of thing so I don't know like that's how I always go through I'm always thinking of how things are gonna stack it doesn't it doesn't matter (laughs) I think that's interesting too, because I feel like you, know, you look back at graphic design back before computers, everybody knew how to use the tools that would create their design. Yeah. And now there is that disconnect where you can be a designer that doesn't know anything about code, but design a website. Um, and you know, I had the same experience where there was an emphasis on like, you don't need to be a web developer, but you need to know how code works. You can't mm-hmm. be designing things that aren't possible or impractical. Um, and I think that's sort of what is leading towards this sort of better designed websites is you have these people who take into consideration how they're actually built um because you could have a beautiful design but it could just not work it could be something that crashes on half the browsers or only works half the time or as soon as you move one element the whole thing falls apart um and i think it's just like just as a general like the knowledge base of web design and web development has grown and sort of interlaced um that you're getting a better product now and it's easier better to work with from both the person who's putting the content into the website and the person who's interacting with it. And I think it's just, it's making this better experience as, again, as it continues to mature. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like you don't have to be great at coding. Like there were kids in my mm-hmm. graduating class that were horrible at coding, but their designs were beautiful. Like, and they would have, but they would have, they would have worked as developed websites. It's just, they didn't really know, like their brains didn't really work that way. They're not really more logic based. So they were not really able to, translate it but it would have worked as a website and just them knowing that websites are kind of difficult to make it's like you know it helped them even because they started making simpler websites or something that like would not be as harsh to develop and stuff like that so yeah like to your point it kind of does help to know both ends you don't have to be great at it but you should have some knowledge (laughs) Yeah, that's actually interesting. Um, one of our current developers, Kevin, used to be a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to see those worlds are like more connected maybe than I thought, which I mean makes sense to me because it's, you know, you're passing it. Here's the design, code it. So the, uh, the fact that it's at least recommended or that you guys had to at least like understand code to mm-hmm. some extent designing. No, I didn't know that at all before, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, there was, I mean, there was a time long ago, I mean, I was a designer and a developer. I mean, I would design it and then I would cut it up and I would build it. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a separate like developer thing. 
until like 2004, 2005, at least a more mainstream level. I mean, there were still developers who were developing software and stuff like that, but designers as a whole, yeah. I mean, geez, <clears throat> part of me wishes I was, you know, younger where I could be, you know, as a designer, I could just design the heck out of things, <laughs> do the mobile and then kick it and I'm done. <laughs> God, that's, that just seems like a dream to me because... I'm- but before I was creating my own mess, like I what I would create something and it'd be like all this cool stuff and it'd be like, oh my god, I got I got to build this now. How am I going to do that, Allie? That, if you ever me. just if you ever just kick a design out, you're. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it, I sometimes I, don't I mean get to demean the process at all. I'm just kick saying. It. Yeah, I'm just gonna to, kick it. I'm to done. Do all those things. Dev team, you got this. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, it's, it's your problem now. Could I was you gonna imagine? say. Sometimes I get jealous because you guys make it look easy. Where I'm like, you know, I'd like do the copy and then Allie or Kimmich, you know, you do like the design. And I'm like, man, that looks cool. They're probably just kicking it right now, but I know that uh, See, that's not the case. You're you're and seeing then it we're through. We're over obviously. here. We're over here trying to think of how to write one sentence. We're like, how do we say anything? Does anybody know how to talk? You should really see. I don't know if you've ever seen Danny, like when we don't get copy first and Kim and I try (laughs) and fill stuff in. There's like typos everywhere. Like it's hilarious. The whole thing is just typos. Like we don't even spell the the real sentence. Like it's. (laughs) It's I was speaking with. I was speaking with somebody and we were talking about, and I was like, yeah, man, it, I, I don't really understand code a whole lot, but I was like, it would be cool to know a little bit more. And, and then he was like, yeah, but I mean, I can't write at all. Like I write something and then somebody's like, this is a run on sentence. And he's like, I don't even know what a run on sentence is. So jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah, it goes both ways, I guess. Yeah. Uh, to your point well, though, that's, Mattis. That's, yeah. Oh, real fast. What's that? To your point, yeah. though, about you saying you kind of wish you were younger and, like, able to just, like, jump in and, like, just design instead of having to do it all. It's actually, like, I mean, web design as a whole, the field has not been around that long. Like, comparatively speaking to some of the other, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. parts of design. Like, graphic design has been around way longer than web design. And I know when I was doing college searches, my parents were trying to help me. And they're like, we know nothing about your field. Like, we don't even know where to, to like, figure out where to look. To, like, figure out what kind of colleges you can even go to for that. Oh, my god! Like, that's, like, the thing is, like, my parents weren't raised in a... Like, my parents aren't designers. They're not creative at all. Like, they're, like, business people. And, like, they were like, what... Where do you do that like how do you how do you do that because they were like oh graphic design you can go to like an art school and then they were like web design can you do that at an art school like or do you have to go to a university for that like do you have to be a developer like it I don't know it's different and then you know the people that are our art directors or creative directors like you guys you were there in the beginning so it's like you guys created this stuff and it's like and I'm just like learning from everybody else and I'm absorbing like <laughs> You know, it's funny because the, the hardest website that I ever designed was the last one that I did, which was the tower website. It was just the hardest thing in the world because you're trying to design for yourself, not necessarily for your audience. And I know that sounds backwards, but especially because I'm like, oh, the way tower's going, you know, I'm not going to be doing this. So I just poured myself into it. But I was here... Seriously, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock every night for like two months solid, just jamming away, jamming away. Like, nope, don't like that, crumbling it up. And then I brought all the designs and I sat them up back here 
and I gave people version one, version two, version three, and they murdered it. They murdered it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even, not only do I not have, you know, a direction, they didn't like any of them. So, and I think what happened was, and I learned that I just, I overproduced it. <laughs> I, I, I put too much into it. They were too detailed. They were, t- like I said, they had too many elements in it. I tried too much. The developers were like, forget it. We're never going to be able to build that. And, you know, so it just goes to show that, you know, even during the course of your career, you're still going to learn what to do and what not to do, even on the last website that you ever designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, I mean, lots of lots of great things in there. Um, before we started recording, I was trying to think of some uh, fun questions to ask to kind of wrap this thing up. But I think I know the direction now. We're chatting a little bit about this. Um, but current roles aside, I was uh, told that um, designers never stop designing. They're just going to, like, die <laughs> designing something, right, you know? And then Kimmick said, uh, and then in the afterlife, he'll complain that the, the font on his tombstone is off, or, you know, not, not, <laughs> oh, not to his great, like. Kimmick. <laughs> uh, so uh, question for each of you. Um, again, barring current roles, your sort of dream retirement job in the design world, what would it be uh, and why? And anybody can go first. I mean, that's easy for me. I mean, I, I would go work for Marvel, Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. you know, on a dime, just to be able to see, <laughs> I didn't actually start my uh, earlier story far enough in. When I was like six or seven, m- my mom put me in art school and I was doing that whole thing. And I told her I wanted to be a cartoonist in the worst way. And she's like, you can't make money at that. Lies, she goes, you'll wind up... You will wind up in New York drawing uh, chalk drawings on the sidewalk. That'd be a great job. That is a quote from my mother. I was, that's an amazing um, uh, quote, like a six or seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, ultimately my, my, car, my uh, comic book thing kind of faded, but um, that'd be kind of cool to kind of bookend my life with started in comic books and kind of ended with comic. That would be my dream job. Yeah. I know, just to go off of that, I know a few comic book artists, we had talked about this before, Mattis. Yeah. They think it is so magical to watch them draw, where, like, if you or I were going to draw, like, a dog, we would sketch out a dog, and then we'd do the line art. Nope, they just pen to, like, pristine white paper, and then there's a dog on it. You're like, how did you do that? It's like, oh, I had to draw 600 dogs for my last job, and you're like... What? <laughs> Those are a special breed of people, and if you ever have a chance to actually see a cartoonist like Ink, um, like do final artwork, there's plenty of people online that stream when they're actually doing inking for their comics. Watch it; it's beautiful. It's like it is like watching poetry. Um, it's also fun now that it's digital. Watching somebody draw the same line twenty six times to get it perfect, like draw it, erase, draw it, erase, oh draw it, erase. God, um, but then when they get it, you're like, oh yeah, that's it. That's the line. <laughs> There was a guy that used to hang out at the Starbucks in Park City. And if, and if you're listening to this, imagine the irony of that. But he used to go there every day and he would just create cartoons or not cartoons, but um, just illustrations of everything. And he would just sit there all day and draw. And people would come up to him and ask him. And, you know, one day I just started going up to him like, dude, your work is incredible. And I'm like, do you get tired of people coming up to you? He's like, not at all. He goes, I love it every day. 
That's why I'm always here. I come to Starbucks because I want to interact with people and do my art. Um, but I don't, I don't know what the pandemic did to, you know, him being there, but, um, yeah, I, the, the fact that you put black ink on a white paper is so permanent that you can't erase or you can't hit undo 27 times <laughs> is paralyzing. Hmm. I could never be an anchor. Never. I would be a user well, experience uh, researcher. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Wow. I like, I'm really into the psychology behind it and like how it affects people and how they're how we predict things versus what actually happens and to get into that field you need experience in web design basically like you need to know how to design the website you need to know the psychology behind it and i will likely need many more degrees to do it but that's okay um (laughs) but yeah user experience research would be like my goal because it's still working with websites and stuff but figuring out if they're functional like a b testing and user testing and looking at data and all that stuff. Great. We'll give you an old website for you to look at and analyze, and then you can make some A-B suggestions, and we'll see where it goes. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, for me, I mean, my goal is to just do nothing but packaging design. Ooh. Um, Mm. As much as I enjoy web design and how I love the the point the amount of interaction you can get through web versus print um i still have a love for packaging for paper for choosing the right gold foil for your chocolate bar that makes the chocolate look more delicious just the thought um something that always comes back to me um is uh the wes anderson movie uh grand budapest hotel and all of the packaging for the fictional bakery mendels in the in the movie and just the idea of like making a little box for a little pastry in a town of a thousand people and like yeah only a thousand people are ever going to see it but it's just so magical that like those people will hold it will touch it will eventually throw it away but they will have that experience and there's just something magical even more now that we have less experience with it on a day-to-day basis with making something out of paper um like even like little things like if you look at a DiGiorno pizza the UPC on the back, the code, is in the shape of a pizza peel. And it's like those little things, those little details, um, deciding where to put the little pull here tab, um, like deciding like what happens when you open a box. I recently bought a couch um, online and like they had screen printed a design on the inside of the box. You didn't see it until you opened it and like figuring out that experience, that three-dimensional space. Uh, I think there's still a lot of value in it, but it's just it's it's sort of like it's so tactile and so much fun and that 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 sort of thing just seems enchanting and fun and of course if it was my actual job it'd probably be stressful and horrifying but you know the the dream and the the romantic notion of it um is sort of my like my i'm in my 60s i'm in my 70s and i just want to putter around some shop and fold paper all day (laughs) definitely beats a plastic bag from amazon that's for sure that's true that's true well, that is, uh, that is great. Thank you, uh, everybody. And thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Um, check us out on SoundCloud. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on uh, towermarketing.net. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talked the best and worst web design trends. Uh, feel free to leave a comment, interact with us, um, and we'll uh, listen to us next time. We look forward to uh, chatting about something else marketing related. See you then.